You're listening to Unreasonable Impact, Food Solutions, a three-part advertisement feature series on food sustainability, paid and presented by Barclays and Unreasonable Group, produced by BBC Storyworks Commercial Productions. They say we are what we eat, but how is what we don't eat changing? In other words, how do we approach the global food waste challenge knowing that while nearly a billion people suffer from malnutrition and hunger, over 30% of the food produced globally ends up wasted. I'm Christiana Musk, and this is Unreasonable Impact Food Solutions. In today's episode, we'll learn how groundbreaking supply chain innovation and even artificial intelligence can fight climate change while feeding people with food that would otherwise be wasted. I'll be speaking with Jasmine Crow, founder and CEO of Gooder. She's on a mission to end food waste, fight hunger, and feed communities using the power of technology and logistics. I'll also speak with Naomi McKenzie, co-founder of Kytro. Kytro's goal is to raise awareness and tackle food waste by designing technology that enables the food service industry to address this growing problem. But first, I'm joined by Hiral Patel, Head of Sustainable and Thematic Investing Research at Barclays. Hiral, thank you for being here today. Thank you, Christiane. It's my pleasure to be part of this podcast today. How is Barclays thinking about sustainability in general and why think about sustainability as a bank? It's a growing focus for not just Barclays, but the whole investment community at the moment. Companies are under increasing pressure to adopt sustainability targets, whether that's relating to climate change, biodiversity, supply chains. And I think one topic that really resonates amongst the investment community or the financial community is food. Food is always very personal to a human being, and it always sparks a debate in terms of the way that people view or value food more broadly. People are passionate about food, but do you think people really understand the scale of the problem when it comes to food waste? Unfortunately, not. So to really perhaps set the scene, we waste an unsustainable one third of the food that we produce globally. And if we were to prescribe a value to that one third, it would be equivalent to around $1 trillion in value. And I think one of the really interesting facts is that if we were to equate that one third of the food that we waste in relation to climate change, it's equivalent to 8% of greenhouse gases. And unfortunately, food waste is a very challenging sustainability topic. You can't just wave your magic wand and we can address this. Food waste is incredibly challenged because it's a complex food system that we live in today. I wonder if you could help walk our audience through how in the world is a third of our food wasted? Where does that begin with from the farm all the way to our dinner plates? You're right in the sense that food waste occurs across all parts of the value chain, whether it's bad weather impacting crop yields, processing problems, creating unnecessary damage, or even overproduction as a result of government subsidies. The current trajectory of food waste is far from what the United Nations targets in regards to halving food waste by 2030. Yet on the flip side, our global population continues to grow and society is still suffering from significant levels of hunger and malnutrition. And that's a really important dynamic to consider. 
Because on the one hand, we're saying we're wasting one third of the food that we produce globally, yet one in nine people are still hungry or undernourished. It's really mind boggling to think about the scale and also the inequality, because this is really a justice issue, a justice and an equity issue. But I also have to say that food waste is my favorite problem of all of the problems that we tend to look at in food and in sustainability. And the reason for that is because I think it's a highly solvable problem. I've read that in the United States alone, we waste about 90 billion meals worth of food that really could be feeding people and addressing the hunger issues we have on this planet. What do you think about the opportunity for addressing hunger through food waste? Christiana, the opportunity is substantial here. And so I do think there is a growing need for platforms and companies who make the process of redistributing food waste to charities or even to formal distribution partners in a more scalable manner. Would you say that from your perspective, getting to see a lot of these solutions, that you're optimistic about our ability to address food waste? I'm optimistic about the solutions, but I'm not optimistic about the timing. I'm energized by the company action and the company targets, equally the government policy that is being introduced. So individually, effort across all of those stakeholders is increasing. However, where I'm not so optimistic is on the timing. I do think that changes relating to food waste will be a lot more challenging going forwards, yet the solutions are still there. So that kind of leaves me a bit challenged because I'm optimistic about the solutions. However, I'm slightly cautious by whether the pace in which they will scale going forwards will be enough. I know my guests today will have their own insights, and I'm looking forward to finding out how and why they stepped up to meet the messy and massive problem of food waste. Here to tell us more about hunger relief and the technology behind her company, CEO and founder of Gooder, Jasmine Crow. To date, Gooder has profitably served over 40 million meals to people in need and is partnered with the likes of the NBA, Google, Barclays, and other companies dedicated to diverting unused food to those who need it most. Hello, Jasmine. Thank you so much for having me, Christiana. Hello to you. So Jasmine, I would love to know, how did you get started with Gooder? Or even, I think before that, it was hunger relief where you began. Absolutely. In a prior life, I led a consultancy where I helped celebrities really define their giving blueprint and how they were going to use their star power for good. And I would say to my clients, as they were doing these big turkey drives around Thanksgiving, that people standing in line for a turkey in November are probably hungry in July. And I think that my clients, well-meaning people, but they really just were focused on their craft. So whether they were a basketball player, a football player, an actress, a rapper, it just wasn't something that I think stuck with them long term. And when I was driving through downtown Atlanta one day, I just saw hundreds of people experiencing homelessness and decided that I wanted to do something. And this something that I did was start cooking meals and taking them down to the streets and feeding anywhere between three and 500 people. So that is really when I first got started with hunger. Wow. And how did you 
mobilize that? How do you, like if somebody wanted to just go feed 500 people, this seems like not an easy undertaking. (laughs) Definitely not an easy undertaking. I always laugh because I thought it would be so much easier. I think my first ever spaghetti dinner that I fed, I was thinking I can make in two hours and I was expecting just a hundred people. I was like, oh, spaghetti is so easy. It's just boiling noodles. It took me like a whole two extra hours. So the event started two hours late and it just was a lot. So it takes a lot of days, especially if you're cooking in your kitchen, which is what I was doing. But I mobilized people really via social media, just having using a same hashtag, keeping the event theme really consistent, allowing volunteers to come out from different college campuses. And then, of course, they would share it with their friends. And before you knew it, I had regular volunteers that were coming out every single Sunday and wanting to play a big part in making it all happen. This was called Sunday Soul. Is that right? That's correct. So how did you transition from working on feeding people to working on reducing food waste? Yeah, it's a great question. So a video from one of my pop-up restaurants with Sunday Soul had went viral on Facebook. And I woke up one morning to just millions of friend requests and thousands of comments and all these views. And as I was reading through the comments, one of the reoccurring questions that people kept asking me was who donated the food? And the truth was nobody. I was couponing, price matching, cooking all this food myself. So I think I'm going to start getting all this food donated. I'll feed a lot more people. Surely there's food left over from these restaurants and hotels. And so a simple Google search, what happens to extra food at the end of the night, leads me down this deep rabbit hole about food waste. And I was blown away and really upset that I was living in a country that had so many people going hungry, yet we were just wasting all this food. I was like, I want to solve this problem. And I started working on it right then and there. Yeah. And I read it's $218 billion a year in the US we spend on food that's never eaten. And that's just heartbreaking to me when you think about all the labor of that goes in to farmers and fa- the farm labor and how little the farmers and the farm workers are making on this food that they're growing. And just like you said, then all the people that are living in hunger um, that don't have access to this food. So what? where does it go? If it doesn't go to Gooder, what happens to all the food in, a, in a, let's say it's a football stadium? On the large scale, what we know is most of this food is still ending up in landfill. In fact, only 3% is being recycled and about 2% is being donated. And so the rest is all going to waste. A lot of people are talking about upcycling and turning this into compost, all of which what we do at Gooder, but there's still the largest number of the food is going to waste. And that's why food is the largest single source of anything in a landfill today. And it's causing methane gas to emit at a higher pace. And it's a leading contributor to global climate change. And these are the things I think people just aren't talking about because I don't believe they know. Just I I didn't know. Yeah. People think of when they think about climate change, they don't think about food at all and definitely not about landfills. So you then figured out that you could build a scalable business to solve this problem. So tell us about Gooder and how your technology works, how your business works, and how you're solving this problem of food waste and hunger. At Gooder, we have created a system that allows businesses to rescue their would-be food waste in real time. We inventory everything it is that a business sells, and it's a very easy user experience. They click on the items. They tell us how many they request to pick up. We leverage a network of logistics providers that get those items picked up and then delivered to a nonprofit. 
typically in the backyard of where that business exists so that they're creating social change right in their community. So our portal is tracking the items that they're wasting the most, the number of meals that they're providing, the kind of nonprofits that they're serving. And then it shows them the amount of food that they keep out of landfill and what that means for their sustainability and their carbon footprint. So how many pounds of carbon emissions are they helping to prevent? What does this mean for gallons of water saved? And so it's all rolled up into one system and the client has the ability to not only donate edible food, but we can help them recycle non-edible food and we're still tracking everything. Wow, that is just so impressive to go from feeding people dinners on the sidewalk in Atlanta to figuring out why this food is being wasted and getting it to people. I remember you telling me that it's really important to figure out how to get people meals and serve them with dignity. Tell me, how do you do that when you're getting so many different sources of food? So it still hinges on our kind of saying here at Gooder that hunger isn't an issue of scarcity. It's really a matter of logistics. The food is there. We just have to get it to people. So on one side of our business, we're dealing with food that would otherwise go to waste and getting it to a network of nonprofit organizations. On the other side of our business, we're dealing with food manufacturers and distributors and even farmers that are sometimes producing items that they can't always sell. And we purchase those from them sometimes at a much lower cost and then provide them directly to families for free. So it's a really unique business model, but it sure helps a lot of families. So what made you believe that you could do this when you started to go down that rabbit hole, figure out the problem? You know, it's like an easy thing to say, oh, this is just a logistics problem. (laughs) I can do that. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) What made you believe that this was achievable? You know, I still have to tell myself that this is achievable on a daily basis, Christiana, because it is hard. It's hard to still get people to wrap their head around ending hunger and reducing food waste. What made me believe that I could do this is I started doing it before we had technology. And so in doing, I was like, I could do this. But it was the joy that was being felt by the recipients of the food that just made me know I have to keep doing it. I think about a chef that we delivered 300 steaks to from the Super Bowl, brand new, never even opened, 12 ounce bone-in fillets. And we take them to this chef and he starts crying because he's like, I wanted to feed the vets a steak dinner for Valentine's Day. So just the thing, those moments are really what keep me going. Literally, it's every day we get emails, we get phone calls, we get people that are saying thank you. But at the same time, we also get people that are like, hey, the pandemic increase in food stamps is ended now and my family is struggling. I'm on disability. I really need food. When's the next time you guys will have an event or can I get food delivered to me? So it has its ups and its downs. I think we also have a culture in which waste is somewhat invisible. It gets picked up and it disappears. So we don't really see the impact of waste. And also hunger often happens in the privacy of people's homes and just on certain city streets. It gets, it's out of people's view. I heard that you are writing a children's book or now you've become a mother in the last couple of years. Do you think we have an opportunity to educate the next generation differently? We absolutely do. And I love that you said hunger is often invisible and so is waste, as you mentioned. But hunger for certain, I think about friends and family members that I have personally who have came to me and said, I never told you this, but I didn't have food or we struggled or I used to see my mom split a McDonald's value meal between me and my brother and she wouldn't eat anything because those were the only $4 that she had. And people talk about remembering those things and it is, it's something that's often invisible. 
I am a new mom. I have a 18-month-old little baby girl, but she's more like going on 20. And I get her to come to work with me every day. And I do look at and think, okay, she could continue this work. There's no doubt about it. She's going to be feeding people in her lifetime as a young person, just via the fact that I'm her mom. So she'll be, she's already making produce bags and things like that at some of our events. But I did write a children's book called Everybody Eats. And I thought it was important to just educate kids about hunger because the stats say that one in six kids are food insecure. 90% of the time, if your child's in a public school in a major city, they're probably going to school with a kid that is food insecure. And I think I never knew anything about hunger growing up other than we would sometimes collect canned goods around the holidays as a class and it was like a competition. But how do we really let kids know the effects of hunger, the effects of food waste and why these are things that they need to get involved in and really excited about Everybody Eats and making it available everywhere. We did it self-published because it was so important to get the message out and it sold out on a a few occasions and now we're going to be putting it into stores. Yeah, thank you for doing that education work as well on top of everything else. So why would you say our listeners should care about food waste if it doesn't affect them necessarily in their lives? They're listening, wondering, why does this matter to me? I think food waste affects all of us, regardless if you're not wasting any food in your house. If food is being wasted in your city, it's bad for your environment, which you live in, which your children live in, and your great-grandchildren will live in. And we're seeing the effects of what climate change is doing to our planet. And so everyone should care about this. And I think as a human, whether you are hungry or not, you know what it's like, even if you have all the money in the world, you know what it's like to have gone hours without eating and you start getting irritated and you start like feeling like I've got to eat or I'm going to pass out or I'm going to get a headache. For so many people, that's the only solution that they have. So even though they're hungry and they're feeling like they need to eat, they're either not having access to healthy nutrition or they're actually going without food. I think we all have to start caring about our neighbors because the effects of hunger lead to health determinants, life shortency, and just a lot of different things that are happening. And I just, I think we have to care. We have to care. With all the advancements in technology, we can lose sight of the human side of certain innovations. And that's something I really love about Jasmine's work. Her passion truly ignites me. It's Sunday soul, but on a grander scale. The technology isn't the heart of Gooder, but it certainly enables Jasmine and her company to feed more and waste less. You are listening to Unreasonable Impact Food Solutions. I'm Christiana Musk. My next guest is Naomi McKenzie, co-founder of Kytro. Kytro, which means kitchen hero, utilizes artificial intelligence to automate food waste data and analysis. They have a simple goal, to bring back the value of food. So Naomi, tell me about your company, Kytro. I started Kytro together with a, a colleague of mine in 2017. So we're focused on managing and monitoring food waste in the hospitality industry. Why did you start a company in food waste? I always had a passion for food. Growing up, I wanted to be a chef, actually. And then I started an apprenticeship as a chef and then realized that my passion for food went away when I had to cook professionally. So then I went to hospitality school and there I met Anastasia, the other co-founder. And we saw the discrepancy between those who live in an abundance and those who don't have enough to eat. And at the same time, we were the ones in the kitchens and in service who were throwing away enormous amounts of food every day. 
seeing this kind of motivated us to look at food waste, at least in the hospitality industry, and look at what could be done to, to mitigate how much food was being wasted. What are the different places where your company works to solve food waste? Yeah, so we are working with hotels, restaurants, canteens. So basically companies that produce food in high volumes and serve it then to consumers. And basically they install our hardware device. So it's, it's comprised of both hardware and software components, but they install a hardware device in their kitchen. And essentially this device allows them to capture information of all of their data. And with that data, we can then show them what they're wasting and how much. And to what you're saying, the challenge we saw is that people aren't even aware of what the amount of food that's being wasted. And so when we first started, we were like, oh, can we look at your trash bin and start measuring your food waste? And they're like, yeah, but we don't have food waste. I'm sure they don't get that question often from someone who comes to the door and says, do you mind if I look through your trash can? <laughs> it's not necessarily a polite question. <laughs> not really. My, my Google Photos looks ridiculous. It's just like trash bins of different properties that I go and visit. And every time I go to a restaurant now, Anastasia, when we go anywhere on vacation or anywhere together, we're like, ooh, let's check out what kind of trash bin they use here in this country. And how do they like throw away their food waste. It's ridiculous. <laughs> Probably doesn't make you the most popular hotel guest or restaurant. I don't client. think so. <laughs> how do they make their decisions on what food they buy and what they throw away? And how do you help them with that? And also where does like where does the food go otherwise? And how would they not know that they're wasting? It's a really good question because a lot of people are like, you can just look in your trash bin and see what you're throwing away. That would be the obvious thing to do. So that's what we wanted to address with Kytro is really showing holistically what is thrown away in the trash, but then also tying the monetary value to it. Because what we saw is that over 150 Swiss francs, or it's pretty much equivalent to the US dollar now, but is thrown away in every trash bin that we see. And that's the average. So you're throwing away tons of money as well, not just these valuable resources, but there's also an economical value to it as well. How does your technology help assess what people are throwing away and how much it costs? In the past, people who wanted to measure their food waste or to understand how much they were wasting, they would have a piece of paper next to their trash bin and sometimes even a scale. And they would write down on this piece of paper what they were throwing away and then transcribe that later to understand what they're wasting, how much and what the cost was. And so what we did is we said, OK, let's use technology to automate this process so nobody has to stand next to a trash bin and write down what they're throwing away. There's no manual entry given. No, yeah. nobody has time to be like three banana peels today and <laughs> four servings of fish. <laughs> exactly. Right. Yeah. I read the other day that the EPA, the Environmental Protection Agency in the U.S., released some data saying that the carbon footprint of the food we waste annually in the United States is equivalent to the carbon emissions of 42 coal-fired power plants. That's just what we're wasting. And I think a lot of times people don't think about the energy footprint that is behind our food production. It really is a significant contributor to climate change all through the supply chain. Absolutely. I think you can't just go one with positive messaging. People need to know. I think it's 25% of the fresh water that we have is used to grow food that's never eaten. Unless we can show this somehow and really increase the awareness, it's, it's going to just continue. I think it's hard to say how much personal blaming and how much just like the big picture needs to be shown. Same with going vegetarian. What is the impact of eating meat for a year? And how could you as an individual also change your footprint? I'd love to go back to when it's just you, individual Naomi and individual Anastasia, and you guys are in hospitality school. What was that shift or awakening for you? Can you walk me through the journey about how the two of you came to understand food waste as a problem? Yeah, it was actually, there was a competition where you could make a two minute video, how you envisioned a sustainable F&B concept, to, food and beverage concept to look like in 2025. 
And we built this really utopic two-minute animated video of how everything in a kitchen would be interconnected. And every time you put something into the fridge, it would tell an app how much longer the shelf life was of that item. It would alert you when something was going to expire. That's how the initial idea started. And then every time Anastasia and I would meet, if we would go for a coffee or if it was a party and we were out partying and we'd find each other, we'd be like, oh, okay. So with this, it was called Smart Kitchen at the time. We were like, okay, so if Smart Kitchen could exist, if it existed, we could also think about adding this to it or we could remove this and do this. And so it was really something that we just talked about all the time. We realized that if we were trying to go for this really utopic version that we saw or that we created in the video, it wouldn't be possible. But that really, we both had a strong passion for food. We understood food quite well from both the back of house and the front of house. And so it made sense to focus on this resource first. Amazing. And how did you convince other people to bet on you? How did you raise that first investment? So even before the investment, when we were trying to get the first prototype built, we went to a lot of people and we told them what we wanted to do, that we wanted this device that would just sit in the kitchen. It would have no interruption from or no input from the staff and would just capture the data automatically. And a lot of people were like, no, but you need to have a button or maybe we can add like a foot pedal or you can have multiple buttons. We're like, no, no, we really just want nothing. We don't want any buttons. We don't want them to push anything. So we didn't have any prototype at this point. We knew what we wanted to build. It was now April 2017. So it had been working for about six months. And we went to a customer with an A4 piece of paper, which was our fact sheet of what our solution could do. And it was like, yeah, it's this really cool device that you put into your kitchen. It will measure everything. You'll have increase in profit margins. You'll reduce your food waste. Like it can do all these great things. And they were like, yeah, that sounds great. You can install it in April. Why don't you guys come by with your device? We'll get going. And so Anna and I were like, way, (laughs) first customer. Um, With just one piece of paper with the idea sketched out. (laughs) Yeah, it was, I mean, we're really good at uh, making nice A4 pieces of paper. That's pretty much what we learned in terms of tech from our university. (laughs) Who is really impacted by food waste? And why would you say that we, or why should the listener care or be concerned about food waste? I mean, already now we're all impacted by food waste, whether we are aware of it or not. It's impacting our environment, the CO2 emissions that are being produced. If you think that there are billions of people living in malnourishment and and we live in abundance in most countries, it's impacting us in this way, whether we're conscious of it or not. All of these actions that you have, all of these expectations you have around food are contributing to food waste. It's a good point that there's really a food equity and justice issue here, right? For us to throw away a third of the food that we produce in the world while still almost 2 billion people on the planet still don't have access to enough food to be healthy. That's a real food justice issue in food waste. Absolutely. The inequality there. And also, if we just look at the planetary boundaries and the resources we have right now, we're consuming more than the planet is able to provide in the future. So if we continue consuming at this level, we will run into a problem, which is going to be an issue for everyone, not just those more underdeveloped countries. Thanks so much to Naomi McKenzie of Kytro and Jasmine Crow of Gooder, two incredible women entrepreneurs who are actively solving one of the biggest problems facing our planet today, food waste. I hope you found them as inspiring as I did. There's a lot of bad news out there, but these two women are beacons of light, showing us the way to a brighter food future for all. It's great to shine a light on the impactful work of the Unreasonable Impact Fellows. To learn more about Kytro, Gooder, and the full portfolio of Unreasonable Impact companies, visit unreasonableimpact.com.
Paid and presented by Barclays and Unreasonable Group. Produced by BBC StoryWorks Commercial Productions.